0: hello and welcome to the 40 athletes podcast Before we get started, be sure to sign up for our free five-day course on how to navigate your child through sports. The link is in the description below it's also on the 40 athletes website so be sure to sign up for that website uh, that, that class so you can learn how to change your parents your kids lives through sports Now let's begin welcome to episode 82 of the 40 athletes podcast i'm your co-host jason holzer along with my co-founder jimmy huber jimmy uh school starting again and uh, i can't think of a better guest to help us talk about parenting sports as the year gets started
1: well i'm excited you know that i've talked to you about the uh, guests we're bringing on today for a while and just how i've uh learned from him i've admired uh, how he's raised uh you know, just children in general, uh, especially um, his son, what I've seen them do, just uh, developing him into the person he is today. And I believe parenting is a big part of that. And I'm excited to dive into that today.
0: Yeah, we have Sterling Hudgens on as a guest today. And Sterling, uh, he's a senior pastor at Gopi Family Church in the Manhattan, Kansas area. And he's the father of Trevor Hudgens, who I believe they won three national championships at Northwest Missouri State while he was there.
1: Yeah, they would have won. In- they would have probably won four if it yeah. wasn't for COVID. COVID hit that year, and like I said, it took away the opportunity to win. Was, yeah. But he probably would
0: have won four out of four. And Trevor was two-time uh, Division Two Player of the Year as well, I believe as well. So yeah, his
1: his uh, records. I mean, winning records, statistics, numbers off the charts. I mean, the kid had an opportunity to go play high-level Division One last year, but the mm-hmm. loyalty stayed at Northwest won another championship but now you know he's with Utah rockets on a two-way contract which is big for a kid coming from a division two program doing that and he's uh amazing player but even a better person
0: and that's why we're excited to talk to sterling about it. like how what did he do to raise uh such a great you know successful young man on and off the court so we're going to bring sterling on sterling good morning to you good morning uh, you know, we're so excited to have you. And I believe it's also your birthday today. Is that correct?
2: Yes, it is. I walked so outside. Happy birthday, today. Sterling. Thanks. I walked outside to be a big happy birthday on my lawn. I'm trying to be incognito, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> people showing you love, Sterling. Yes. Right now, yes, sir. That's right. That's right, Sterling. That's right, sir. That's right.
0: Well, and Sterling, you know, like we talked about, uh, you know, Trevor, all the accomplishments we had on the court but let's dive into the beginning piece of it. Like, you know, how did you set that strong foundation for him at a young age to help him not only have success, but also handle it the way he's handled it and have that humble mentality to keep getting better?
2: Well, I think for me, it was just identifying what he wanted to do. I mean, he had a basketball in his hand at five years old. Just shooting the ball, you know, dribbling the ball, playing against his sister. And uh, we saw he 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 had an interest. And we just put um, our heart behind him and tried to encourage him, you know, to do that, that's what he wanted to do. He tried other let He tried T-ball and got mad because he, he couldn't, hit, they couldn't pitch the ball to him so he wanted to play T-ball. He wanted the, the coach to pitch the ball. He had to hit off the tee, you know, see, he didn't quit. He, he would quit that because that was just boring to him. And suddenly he played, he was really good at soccer. And um, even played football, he was really good at football, but, um, basketball was always his love. And once we um, understood that, we let him know if he was gonna do it. He had to put 100% into it. He couldn't start and quit. If he's gonna do it and we we're gonna invest in that, he needed to make sure that, that he's gonna do it and stick with it. And that was from a very young age.
1: But I, but I think what you mentioned too, Sterling, which I think a lot of parents, uh, it's good for them to hear is like, you had him play different sports. Yeah, he played soccer. He played baseball. He played football. Right. Right. And kind of like for kids, finding out what it is they're passionate about. Um, And then you found that passion that he had for it. And it's like, okay, now we can go ahead and, and give you the resources to go more into that. And we'll support you into that. But I think, you know, that as parents allowing children to kind of find out what it is that they desire to do instead of maybe a parent
2: forcing it upon their kid. And that's correct. It's all about discovering. Even when I walk, me being a Christian, when I walk with the Lord, it's about discovering. It's not me trying to, someone trying to tell me what I need to do or how I need to do something. It's me figuring out how it connects with me. Once I discover it, I have it. And I'll walk it out powerfully. And I think it's in sports. Once you discover what you love to do, like you'll dedicate yourself to it. But if you're playing this, what I think for me, it's very. I, I was talking to a coach. Um, I was talking to Ben McCollum, his son plays ball. Mm-hmm. He's also playing baseball, and sometimes they can't have a full team because kids are playing baseball, but they're committed to play basketball. I mean, there's something about having a commitment to what you're doing. I know you want to be good at everything, but sometimes in school, when you make commitments, you stick to the thing you, you stick to the thing that you really love, and be committed to that, and it'll serve you well in the long run. And that's what Trevor did.
1: I, th- I think that's the other thing that kind of speaks to me because I have a I have a nine year old, and you know, six and a half, almost seven, coming up. And you know, we were, they're doing different sports, just kind of seasonal and, and in right. it. And and they they decide they want to do it. Say, for example, it was like, hey, they wanted to be involved in basketball. Okay, great. Sign up my One Son, he didn't want to go to practices. He stopped wanting to go to practices times. So I'm like, hey, listen, Caden, I'm gonna you're gonna finish the season. You right. signed up for this, you wanted to sign up. I'm, you're going to practice. If you want to play in games, you have to go to practices. Exactly. And I go, you're going to finish. You're going to show up to practices, and this is your journey, not mine. You signed up for it. You're going to finish it. If you don't want to play next year, you have to play. Is that something like when you're speaking maybe to parents with kids, like, you know, they a lot of kids they they might be sign up something because they want to do it, but then the newness of it wears off within a week, and then they don't want to do it anymore. Is that like, hey, no, you're going to finish what you started. You're going to complete right.
2: it, right? And and with and, and, and that using, Coos McCollum's son is not a bad. That's what he wants to do. But I found out, you know, when kids focus on what they're need to focus on, they're more dedicated, they're more committed, and they put more of an effort. You now, some people are just dual athletes; they're really, really good. I'm not even, and I think his son's one of those dual athletes. But I think if he, you know, any kid, not just his kid, would decide one sport, they would just explode because they're they're focusing their energy and their passion on that one thing. And when you do that, man, that is just a powerful. Thing. It's deciding what. That what that student or what that child or what that player thinks is best for him, and then he dials into it and he becomes a powerful, a powerful player and becomes a very impactful player. Because I believe this: if you're going to play a sport, if you do anything in life, whether you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a pastor or whatever it's going to be, you want to be impactful. You want to have influence. That when you're when you're there, when you have the ball in your hand, or you're preaching a sermon, or you're putting out a fire, or you're going to court to defend somebody, I mean, you're having serious impact and people know you're formidable and they need to pay attention to you. And I believe when you dedicate yourself to something really, really strong and really, really powerfully, that's the result you get.
0: You know, Sterling, sometimes, uh, you know, kids get into something, they love it, you know, but there's always, there's those days where like, you know, he just doesn't want to get up and do it. Or he just, you know, they're, you know, just the laws of life. Like, how do you guide and encourage kids whenever, like, you know, they love it, but they're, they're just maybe like having a tough day. maybe they just don't want to go to practice. Maybe they had a long day, you name it, whatever it is. How do you keep encouraging them without, you know, forcing them or without, you know, putting it on them to stay, stay true to themselves and stay true to the process. Um, even when their mind's telling them like, oh, I don't want to go today or you name it, that kind of thing.
2: Well, I I think for me and my wife we tried to tell him we're investing in you this this is what you said you wanted to do and so we asked him what does he want to accomplish what is it what does he want to see out of what he's doing and he's always had high aspirations to you know to uh to be better i remember uh, when Breakthrough Basketball was was really starting, trips was coming to the program. I mean, he was at everything because he wanted to be better. And when he saw that we wanted to be better and we were investing in him in him to be better and we were encouraging him to be better, it was a motivation to keep moving forward. There's Sometimes we had said, well, you're going to go to practice. You're going to go to Kansas City. Yeah, we're going. I'm driving. You sleep, and we'll get you there. But he went because he understood we, 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 we embraced his desire to be this player. Uh, we made this commitment. We made this investment to be, you know, the best he could be. Like trust, think about this: his freshman year at Northwest, he didn't play one game. We we're at every game because he won this too. He won us there, in, in the five years he played basketball at Northwest, if I miss five games, I, it's not even that much, because we showed him just as much as he's invested in what he's doing. We're invested in him doing it, and I think that's the idea that when you show a child, or uh, that you're invested in them. And you really want what they want, and you're going to try to try to give them the the, the ability to get to that place. It's easy. It's easier to get them to go. They still not might not, still might not want to go, but they go because they understand that you are making the commitment. You are you are dedicated to what they're doing just as much as they're dedicated to going.
0: And would you say too that also showed Trevor that hey, we believe in you, we support you, and like how and can you speak about that? The importance of having your kid know that my parents believe in me, you know, because sometimes it's hard for us to believe in ourselves, but we need that other encouragement from the people that are raising us to say, Hey, I believe in you.
2: Well, I think I just always encouraged him, you know, um, I always told him I believed him. I loved him. He's the best of us. And you know what you're, you're doing this right now, but you know, but you keep stick with it and you're going to do well. I mean, I can tell you every, Every game he played, I wrote him a, I wrote him a note before he went to it day before or game day. I sent him a note, to much I believed him, told him how much God's working with him to be better. And as he does his part, got to do his part and they'll work together to have a very great outcome. And I always encourage him that way. And so he um, always said something before him that told him that we love him, that we care for him and we believe in him. And I think that, it's, and here's the thing with me, I didn't coach him like Jim coached him, you know, uh, Adam Short coached him. and uh, But I didn't coach him. Some, one of the problems I find with parents sometimes, just saying as a, as a to answer this question better, I think sometimes a child wants you to be a parent, not a coach. And I get totally frustrated when I see parents in stands coaching kids. They're telling them they don't believe in them Tell them they don't believe when the coach is coaching them. When you have a parent always in your ear, when you're trying to be better, and they're always criticizing what you're doing after a game, it doesn't show belief. It doesn't show you you, you have this profound belief in what he can be. Now, for me, what I would do, I would get in the car, i take Trevor to a game, we'd play club ball, and he wouldn't talk to me. And now he said, after, if he lost, he's not talking for, for a while. He would stop it, it we'd stop it at in and out burger and 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 get a burger he eat go to sleep and all of a sudden he said start talking to me about the game so i never i never um pressed him about things i knew if i let him work things out in his mind because i believed in him he would talk to me and maybe like if we go to iowa to uh um to uh, uh, to ankeny iowa to the, to the kingdom hoops classic <laughs> that's like a, a four five hour drive for me well four hours He's not saying and, for, and they say three hours. He's not saying anything to me. And all of a sudden, Dad, did you see that man? It was messed up, man. We could hit the back of a barnyard and, and he be, he began to express his disappointment, but he understood what was going on. And when I learned to, when I, when I learned to give him his space, he knew that I believed in him, that he understood what was going on. And when he wanted to talk to me, he would. And I never crossed that line. I mean, guys, I've been to some games and as soon as a kid's out of game, parents in the guy's shorts dude what are you doing why don't you shoot the ball What the coach? Cool? i don't get the coach Said, no you you when you do that to a kid you're telling them you don't believe in him you don't believe in the coaching you don't believe in his ability to learn to discover how to play the game and that was a long answer but
1: no that's that's awesome because you know it's interesting you say that you brought up iowa my, my nephew plays football at university of iowa and they had recently, they had a panel, the, the mothers were asking the athletes, certain athletes, questions. One of the questions they're asking some of these top-level Iowa football players is, what do you want your parents to say to you after the games? And they said, nothing, <laughs> nothing. We don't want you to say anything about the game, right? And that, and that goes back to, like, they don't want you to talk about the game. They don't want you to tell them what they did or didn't do. They said, in the in the interview, they said, we already know what we did wrong. We already know, and we're already working out the coaches. We don't need that from you. And I love that. Like you said, you sit there, you're quiet and you let him process stuff. And then he's ready to talk to you and he opens up and he just spills everything out to you. Like, right? cause he trusts you and he has a comfort with you. But I want to get into one other thing. This part. When I think of the hudging and I hear this in sports all the time, it's about the process. It's about the process. And I got to tell you, your family embodies process most people in sports don't it's like the instant gratification the microwave society i want it now if it's not working for me i'm going here and people need to understand like when trevor was growing up like when he came up and he started trying out for mocan especially at the high school he was never on the elite team oh no and he had a chance to play a little bit here and there but he was never on it and you know there was trey young and different guys but the thing for you that I always looked at as, like, you guys never went to another place. You never ran somewhere else. You looked at it as, like, here's where he's at. He's going to get good coaching with Adam Short or whoever. Even if it's a select team, he's going to become the best version of himself. We're going to stay through the process. Yes, and even I see that at Northwest Missouri State, red shirt of the first year, stayed through a process of becoming what he is today. Can you talk about, like, the process and how you guys as parents – Didn't get caught up in, oh, my kid's not doing this. He's not doing that. And we're going to go here instead of staying here and have my kid go through this.
2: Well, I think for us, I think for me, um, is that we weren't coaches. (laughs) We're parents. And we didn't know the game. But the coaches at Mocan or any other club sport, they know the game. And either I was going to put him in a program that was going to invest in him and believe they're going to do their job and make him better, or I wasn't going to put him in that program. But I remember um, when I first came to Camp practice, Tre- Trevor was in in the seventh grade, and someone that told, Kevin Hill had told, told Drew Molotaris about Trevor. And as soon as he came to the gym, he was playing, doing some workouts to drill down before they started playing each other. And I remember two monitors just watched Trevor. As soon as Trevor was done, done warming up and shooting, he took him to the next level. And I just appreciated that they saw what he could be. Whether they put him in the best position to, to, um, to demonstrate that right away, but what they did was they gave, they saw, and they put him forward. And we saw that when I saw that I took him, they were pushing him forward, and they saw something in him. And moved him like that, said, we know we're gonna we're gonna win and watch this out. And you know, outside of his um his first year Mo which really wasn't very good, he just kept getting after, he just kept getting and he kept getting better coaches and better coaches. Um he started coming to you on off season. Came to you a lot, Jim. And the things um that he learned from you um about fundamentals and giving them different drills. And I think the best thing he went through was in his senior year at Mid-American Nazarene, you did a, 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 a three-day basketball camp. And you talked about character. And we did always talked about character. It's not it's not just the game you play, but how you represent yourself off the field, off the court, how you carry yourself, how you speak to people, how you keep yourself at a situation that make you look shady. And he came to this conference, and you guys went right along that line. And it just reinforced in him the person he has to be in order to be the player he's going to be. So being in, in, in situations and seeing people talk like I talk and think like I think and do like I do, but do like we do as a family gave us this trust to put Trevor in the situation and keep him there so we knew if he was true to the process, he would he would do well. Uh, you don't know about this, Jim, but I remember in his senior year, his last year at MoCAM, his, uh, his select team, was the first select team that won four straight tournaments? They were burning people up, yeah. and someone on 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 the elite squad got hurt, and they had this other other guy that was, that was on the elite squad that got bumped down because someone else took his place, and so they wanted they wanted to take Trevor and move him up to the elite squad. <laughs> they said I'm not going. Said I'm here. I get playing time. I'm helping my team to to win. You know, I know I'm valuable. I know I can help them win. You know what? I'm not going because I'm just going to sit on the bench doing nothing. I could be here and helping my team that I've been with all season to win. You know, I thought, wow. Now I didn't tell him that. He told me that when I asked him if he wanted to go. That's someone that understands that that what he's in works for him. And why would you why you walk away from someone who's empowering you to be the best player you can be? And so. We saw we saw the process of these coaches helping him. we saw every you saw a, a dramatic change a dramatic change his IQ was coming for he was actually learning how to play the point guard spot and we said we're going to stick with this because we know if we stick with this he's going to be very good when it's all said and done and he saw the same thing so he just stuck with it
1: well you, you and the thing as a parent you could see like it's it's what he's becoming through the process not maybe like oh he's playing on this elite team or he's doing this. No, this is what he's becoming. Right. What, what amazes me about Trevor too, that you mentioned like, okay, he didn't go play on the YBL team, but even at Northwestern state going into a senior year, he had high major at Texas. He had high major schools trying to get him to go play for them to be the point guard. Like he could have went in this other area and this high level basketball that people see, but he said, no, I'm staying at Northwest Missouri State and I'm completing this because McCollum gave me the opportunity. I'm going to stay loyal. We're going to win another national championship. And he reminds me of an individual like you hear that all the time, like the grass is always green on the other side. Right. But that grass has to be mowed, too. And not everybody likes to mow that grass like Trevor's that kid. Like it might look great over there, but I know what I'm doing here and I'm committed to this. Can you talk about that loyalty? Is that stuff that you yeah. that you stress to him, or is that something? Because he's he's a different individual in regards to that. Than right. You see a lot of kids today,
2: right? We we, we were saying in our home, grass is grass is grass is grass. It's just grass. And uh, with with um, with the with the Ben McCallum um, thing in Northwest, and no one looked at Trevor. They looked at him. Uh, he gone to one camp four, three years in a row, and was the most valuable player at that camp. And they never, and they toyed with him, or come play with our team, you know, but they never even was very serious about him. And I remember we were at this game, and and, and, because this other team that was recruiting him, was a D2 school, was playing this team. And I remember that that Trey was sitting on courtside, just behind, behind the bench of the visiting team. And this team brought another player into the room that w- that was shorter than He was skinner than He was. And Trevor looked at. He said, "No, nah, I, I'm, 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 not doing that." But Ben saw him, and Ben pursued him because Ben saw something in him that he didn't see himself. Like Jim, you told me all the time he's going to be a great ball player. But you saw something in him that you didn't see in a lot of kids. So those are the things. That we 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 identify with, but we told with Trevor, I'm a pastor. And pastoring is hard work because you you know you, you love what you do, but you have issues you have to deal with. You have the hurting, you have the loss, you have people that have been disenfranchised, you have people just have lost their way and need direction. And sometimes those things can get very, very big and overpower, And sometimes the people you're trying to help. Try to attack you. It's real. Like, and you do what you do in coaching. They come against you. Like, you don't know what you're doing. You're not. We don't like the sermon you preach. You don't like the way you do what you do. Irregardless, when you make a commitment to something, you have to stick with it. It's not something I don't like it. You know. And I think I'm gonna make a sidebar here. I think this whole thing in in, in the NBA and and in and in uh, pro sports. You know, people sign contracts with big bucks and you're not honoring your contract. Dude, you know, you you put your name on the line that you're going to do this. It's your responsibility to show forth your commitment. And when you do that, and it's talked about on in TV, it tells young people they can do the very same thing. And that's not honorable. And that's not loyalty. And that's not commitment to your word. And the Bible says, a man should swear to his own hurt and change not. You got to be a person in your word, And, we told Trevor, listen, if you're going to do it, stick with it. And he's seen me over and over the years be lost in hard times. And he saw me come on crying sometimes from things I've had to deal with in church. But he saw me get every Sunday get up get into, uh, to, to, to do my job. He saw me on Wednesday night. He saw me counsel people. He saw me do everything normal and never let the thing that, that happened to me affect the people I was dealing with. And Trevor understood that that that, that you, you 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 leave you dance you dance with the person that brought you you dance with the person that brought you if they brought you to the dance you leave, you leave with them from the dance and we understood that ben brought him to the dance and he had a response and, and i didn't say this to him but he understood if he brought him he needed to stick with him and i was so happy when he told me he was going to stay he said dad i want to tell you something i've looked at this he's a very Reflective young man, he really thinks through things. He's not impulsive. He's processed this thing. Said, "Dad, he said this. This thing's going on is is fool's gold. It's fool's gold. And I have something strong. I have something that com- I'm committed to. Something that's working. So why would I go in this thing that's fool's gold and go to a program? I might even get a chance to play. They'll tell me they're going to they're going to play me. They might do anything with me. I'm not going to take that chance. I'm staying right." I'm sticking where I am and do what I need to do, and it told me he understood that loyalty is important. You know, um, there's these two, there's two older ladies that they're dead now, but they were twins and they're strong Christians, and they wrote this book about life, and they said two things I told it to Trevor. There's two things that are important to you. That you have to hold on to you, your name, and your word. If you lose your, if, if you lose your name and your word, you're sunk. We told Trevor, all you have is your name and your word. You have to commit to that. And if you commit to that, you'll do great things and you have great impact. But you have to protect that. Because if you don't protect that, people will take it from you. You don't know, and you don't need to be put in that position. So we taught him that, and 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 told him that that what's happening to him is not just himself. It's God working with him. And you can never not be thankful for what God is doing. With you, and through you, because you're cooperating and you're and you're going along with the process. You're having respect for the process. You're being coachable. You're being teachable, and therefore he is raising you up and making you better.
1: You you brought up a couple of really good points on this, but I, and going back to like the NBA, the, the NFL, like sports in general, like NBA, you can. I don't know. I've never seen it. Like you can be paid a certain amount of money without even performing. Like they give you money on potential. You don't even like fulfill that potential or you don't even play and they still pay you. It's like, that's a profession. That's like, you don't even have to work sometimes to get paid for that. But I do want to go into this parenting because I look at parents today and I think we have this, you know, you've been gifted as a parent, a child by God and you have a role and responsibility to raise them, to guide them, to develop them. And I feel like sometimes in parents and society today, we expect the coaches to do it. We expect the teachers to do it. We expect people outside of our home to do it. And I see you, like with Trevor, like in the home. You raise Trevor in the home. You develop him with characteristics, right, and certain life skills in the home. And then you put them around coaches and people and teachers that maybe embodied that or emphasized it to reinforce it. Can you talk about maybe the parents, like what they can do in the homes to get this sound, you know, foundation of raising children? Um, to be able to go out and do great things in the world?
2: Well, um, I think that's a tough question. Uh, well, for me as a Christian, it's the word of God. <laughs> the word of God is his foundation. Yeah, so he's, he's a born again Christian. So, you know, that's what he, that's his foundation. But let me just say this to you. Um, I never, ever try to live my dream through Trevor. <laughs> you know, he was Trevor, he had his own dreams, he had his own inspirations. I wasn't trying to live my my sports future through him. I wanted him to have his own future. I wasn't pressing him to have, to, to have success that I didn't have in the sport because I had success in tennis, had success in track, was very good at it, but basketball was a sport. And I felt like I wasn't sometimes putting the pressure on someone to be something that you want them to be. I learned this a long time ago. If you want something more than the person that's going after it, they're gonna do bad because you want it more than them. They have to want it more than you want it for them. And we always let Trevor know, we want this for you. We want you to want it more than we want it for you. And we always try to push forth that narrative. That's number one. Number two, we, uh, we always let him talk to us about the things that are important to him. He had two brothers and sisters he looked and watched and observed what they did wrong, what they did right and he came to conclusions he saw people he went to school with and realized these are the, these are not the things I want to do. so we let him figure out the process and talk to us about the process. Um, he asked us questions. Um, we tried to be people, parents, let him discover because I found when you listen, I learned a long time ago, from the Lord, you know, you know, you drive cattle. You don't drive people. <laughs> and a lot of people, a lot of young kids, are driven. They're driven. They're driven by pressure to be some pressure. You no, know, not to, not to let down their parents. You know, uh, pressure not to perform, trying to impress people. We said, Trevor, listen to me. We love you. If you win a game, we love you. If you lose a game, we love you. We love you we care about you, we love the game of basketball like you love the game of basketball, but we, lo- we love you far more than we ever loved those things because we, those, you were in our lives long long before basketball and other things came into your life. And because we let him discover things, because we let them, him talk to us about things, we took him to different things, art, art thing, we took him to, to culture, we took him to museums, we took him to different places to give them a whole rounded idea that life is bigger than your role in Manhattan, Kansas. And all those things, helped him discover for himself and i, I want to say it again that when he came to break through basketball you taught him things and i remember a couple of times you had this one drill and he was having the hardest time and all of a sudden it clicked because he discovered it and he just took off because he's the kind of most 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 kids want to learn they want to discover when you if you're always trying to tell them this and tell them that they almost get almost like well I'm, I'm, ba- I'm backing off because you're on me too much. And I think that our ability to back off, our ability to help him to discover, our ability to love him for who he was, not for what he wanted him to be. Because I told Trevor, you know, we've invested a lot in you. We've invested a lot of miles, a lot of time, we invested money. I, 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 I was telling somebody, I figured his club career, we, we must have spent at least anything close to 18 19 thousand dollars to his whole club career but you know what in one year at northwest he sold that investment and we said trevor you don't owe us anything if you go to approach it once you go to pros and you get successful you never get a dime it wasn't about what we could get from you is what we could give you and because he understood that because we have the are we're behind him we're promoting him to be something better than he could ever be. It gave him the ability to understand that uh that uh that he can be anything he he, he wants to be. And I like when parents start taking that kind of that kind of look at it, as opposed to driving, always trying to correct them, always trying to make them, but letting them come into their own, it really makes a difference. I'm not even talking about sport. I'm just talking about and just living their life, learning their life. They've got to learn, and you can't take that from them. If you take that from them, they become rebellious, they become dysfunctional, and they're doing things that you don't want them to do. But when you give them a chance to, to to discover, have them come back to you and to talk about those things that they're learning, they come up a whole lot more balanced.
1: But I think the other thing, Sterling, you mentioned is you can tell kids what you want them to do. You can tell them how you want them to be, but you got to be that as a parent. As you mentioned, like you were struggling with ministry and you sometimes you didn't want to get up and you don't want to go speak, uh, you know, give, uh, you know, give a talk or whatever it is, you know, and show up to church. But you did. And you're an example for your son of how to persevere. Right. Right. Can you speak that like how to be an example as a parent? Because they do what you do, not so much what you say.
2: Yeah. Like I said, there's more than there's more. uh, there's more, there's more that's caught than it's taught. And one person said, your actions speak so loud I can hardly hear what you're saying. So it's learning that how it's in those moments when you don't think someone's looking at you, they're looking at you, um, because kids are observing and they understand, what they're, they understand what they're seeing. So we always try to, and I'm not saying we did everything right, <laughs> we did. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a perfect parent, I'm not a perfect parent. I mean, sense of the word of being perfect but here's the point when i made mistakes i apologize to him if i did something wrong if my wife did something wrong we apologized and said we're wrong how we handle this please forgive us we showed him that we made mistakes we able to make adjustments in those mistakes to do better and i think that for me for us is that we try to as much as we can be the best example when we're in front of that we so he saw the best of us. You know, parents know. Parents have their good times as parents and bad times. But the idea, they always saw us reconcile. They always saw us get over it. We they always always saw us moving forward and doing something positive. And he had that example. He had the example of of me trying to be the bigger person, trying to handle it in a way that would diffuse something as opposed to making it worse. He always saw me being quiet and peaceful and learning how to say things the right way as opposed to reacting. He saw me respond a whole lot to what I did. And I think that when you begin to think about reacting versus responding, responding is you're taking time to think about what you're doing, reacting just just going, being spontaneous. And sometimes in those moments, you say things you don't want to say and you do things you don't want to do. So we made a point as parents always be people that try to respond to our kids, try to respond to situations, try to respond to this. So they saw we were level-headed and we knew how to process something to, to, to bring forth the best conclusion to that situation. And I think that sometimes when we're parents, we just react, we, 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 we don't think about what we're doing before we do it. Um, the Bible says a wise man judges the whole matters. We'd always hear the whole thing. We wouldn't just jump it. We'd say, "Let's hear the whole thing, and let's and we rehearsed it in their hearing, and then we address it." And having that patience to do that. And even when things were not the best, we tried to put ourselves in a position to understand. No matter what you do, it doesn't change. You're going to be our. We're going to be your parents. It doesn't make a difference. You're making, We're here for you, and we're going to make a difference. Because we believe in who you are and when be, we believe in you, we're doing the things to show you that we believe who you are. It'll call you to be comfortable and secure in that, in, in that way of thinking. That makes yeah, sense. Have, so.
1: Yeah, and I have one more question before Jason wraps this up. You mentioned earlier in the podcast, you said impactful, impactful. And I look at Trevor and I look at you, what you've done through the years as a pastor and just as a person, you made impact. Trevor makes impact on the court. He makes people better around him. He is, he's an unselfish leader. He's had success. What is it like to develop individuals to be this leader that makes other people better around them? That's this selfless leader. And that makes impact. Can you speak to that?
2: Well, I think, well, I'll just say this to you. Um, First, first of all, guys, I'm, I'm humbled to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I, I I just always look at Trevor being the person that did the work because he did the work. Um, he's where he is. But um, I think for me, I think he, I think for me, I think that um, being impactful is doing the same things, you know, doing the things that matter. Um, Doing the things that that are hard to do, in doing them, you know, when you're in a drill, you know, you're doing the best you can to be the best you can, even when you don't want to be the best you can. When you're being doing the things that other people don't want to do. When you're uh, when you're when you're putting yourself in positions that are not necessarily comfortable, but they're the right position to be in. Those things have impact. When you are taking the time, we 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 took the time to listen, as opposed to always reacting and responding. It has impact. When we began to show people that we were interested in who they were, wanted to know who they were, wanted to be able to embody who they were, to be able to work with them better, it's impact. And Trevor has watched my wife and i do that for years just do that over and over again put ourselves in just the, the uncomfortable that we're profitable to somebody else going the extra mile um being being patient when people are having troubles and dealing with a problem over and over again showing the patience it takes to get someone through something those things all translate to a basketball card as well and trevor saw those things and trevor saw that those things he decided those things were needful and necessary for his life and he, and he incorporated it. We didn't tell him to incorporate it. He saw things were important. He saw everything we did. We saw. He saw his mother on the school board. He saw me on different committees, being on, you know, being on the, being a chaplain for the Peace Department, being on, uh, the team advisor for women's basketball at Kansas State all those years. He saw us do things that that he saw the respect. He saw um, the influence, and in how people would come to us, and he didn't say anything, but I think that's what he wanted to be and he played the sport. And I think that's what made the difference there. That's what became impactful.
0: Yeah, no, Sterling. We yeah. uh always like to finish our episodes with you know, those four questions we like to ask. These are like lightning round, last little bit of insights from our guests. Um, so these are always fun to to hear from. And the first one is this is uh in your opinion. What does it mean to win in the game of life?
2: What does it mean to win the game of life? Yeah. It's just being consistent in what believe believing what you do and being consistent in doing it.
0: Sounds simple, but simple doesn't always mean easy, right? But uh no, no, no. Yeah, you get you all you and your family seem like a great example of of being consistent and doing what you need to do. Um and number two, if you could spend time with anyone you admire in sports—passed away, alive, fictional, non-fictional—who would you pick, and why would you choose them?
2: Well, I would. Uh, I would love to to sit down and talk to Frederick Douglass. Um, in this time when slavery was the biggest thing in the world, he was a person that was self-educated that rose up to be a voice for a people when it wasn't, wasn't popular to be a voice for people. And he, um, he so impacted at a time when he shouldn't have been impactful because he was educated, because he was, he was confident and sure and resilient in his ability to deal with things. He greatly impacted the reconstruction era like no other person in his time. So I love to hear his process of what he went through, but it was hard. How did he go to, how did he look at this? How did he see it? I mean, how did he turn it to his advantage? Because life is turning things to your advantage. And I think he did that very, very well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and like uh, holding a vision too, even though outside circumstances made it look like something different, right? That's also the power of his faith too.
2: Right, yes, sir. Great.
1: Hey Sterling, question number three, what is the best advice you've received from a coach you've played for or been around? No.
2: Um, the best advice I received was this don't don't be what you're not, be who you are. <laughs> don't be what you're not, be who you are. <laughs> everybody's not going to be a Kevin Durant. Yeah. Everybody's not going to be a Kyrie Irving. Everybody's not, everybody's not going to be whatever, political figure. Be who you are. And I think so many times, like, grown-ups and young people are trying to live up to someone else's reality. Live your own reality. Be who you are.
1: Yeah. It's almost like comfort, be comfortable with who you are and be the best version of yourself. Right. That's exactly right. Yes, sir. Um The last question is this. If you had like one life skill or character trait that you could have in someone that you're hiring maybe to work at your church or you had a team you're putting together and they're uh, somebody's playing for you, what would that one life skill or character trait be
2: and why? Um Be a great listener. I think people are poor listeners. They... They already have their answer before the, the thought or the questions brought out. And I think that when you when you when you take the time to listen to people, really listen to them, you discover a lot because the things they'll say to you will, will give you keys to unlock their lives. And I believe when you learn to listen well, well, with me, we counsel, we listen, and we rehearse back to them what they've said, and they're amazed. That I'm saying, actually getting what they're saying, because I'm not trying to figure out what they're saying. I'm trying to receive what they're saying. And I think too many times in parenting, in life, that we're not people that listen. The Bible says a wise man hears the whole matter, he hears everything. So when he hears everything, he's able to give constructive, and instructive, and helpful answers, help that person to overcome something be settled in something, and be more determined in something. So being a great listener to be a great responder is a very great trait in anything you do in life.
0: Well, Sterling, uh, you know, how can people uh, learn more about you? Like I know you have some of your sermons online, and uh, is there a website people can go to to, to hear more of your, your, your infinite wisdom?
2: Well, you can go to – I, I don't know about infinite wisdom, but <laughs> – but, AgapeFamily.org, and you click on the sermon section. Have a whole bunch of sermons there they can listen to, and um yeah, that's how you do it. I mean, to me, I'm like Trevor. We're not about being up front. I mean, you guys have to do that. So they're asking me to do this. What? That's what the <laughs> point is? But I, we, I, I've never been the kind of person needs needs to be seen, and needs to be heard. I'm comfortable in my marketplace. I don't need to be over here. If someone taps into me, I'll do it. But you know. I just do what I do because I love what I do. Mm-hmm. And and I, I love being this person that can help people to be better. And so uh uh godbefamily.org is a place you can and you you can look on through no, nothing else. I haven't written any books. <laughs> so uh but uh but you can email me if you want to uh, ask me questions, you and you can email at my email address on the website and I'll respond. But uh I'm I'm just so honored to be with you guys today. So honored.
0: Well, we are we're honored to have you with us today, and uh, you know, thank you for for joining us today, Sterling. It's uh it's been a pleasure, and uh, I know I've learned a lot as a young dad with three and six year old boys that I'm going to implement just based on the example you've set with with your children and what you've done with uh, with Trevor. So, thank you for your time today.
2: Thank you, sir.
1: Yeah, Sterling. Thank you for being the example, and just uh, I know, like uh, you're you're humble and what you talk about and where you're at in Manhattan, but the impact the difference you make, that you continue to make. And I've seen it by being a lot around Trevor over the years and seeing him keep up the amazing work and uh,
2: sow them seeds. Thank you. We'll, we'll keep working on that.
1: Yeah. God bless. Thanks. Well, enjoy the,
2: the rest of your birthday. birthday. <laughs> Thank you. you okay. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Thank it. Man. Have a great day. God bless you.
0: Well, Jimmy, you know, parenting is one of the most important responsibilities we can ever have. And I think having great examples like Sterling is inspirational to you and me who have – young sons you know who are trying to make uh help them become the best version of themselves and as you and i we've like one thing we want to master in life is we want to master being a great spouse and master being a great uh father and i think you know the best way we do that is to have great mentors and it was awesome having uh having silly on today no i was looking forward to this
1: one because i've known Sterling through years and like I said he's he's a humble individual quiet in some ways reserved but when he speaks he speaks but he just the wisdom he has Mm -hmm. um and just these nuggets he brings out that you like like you said when you listen you're like oh okay yeah I can do this I can yeah that makes sense that's some of the reasons why this is taking place and this person's done this or become that so Anytime you can listen to people that have that type of wisdom, um, I love doing that because it makes us better as well as other people that are listening. So,
0: Absolutely, yeah. And this is one of our first podcasts as we start shifting more toward having guests like Sterling that can give us these insights that are really going to help people, too. So uh, it was great having them on as we start our, you know, another season of podcasts. And, uh, Jim, you know, I hope uh, all is well with you today. Kids are back in school, you know, so hope they have a great first day Um, and uh, we'll be in touch soon, man. Appreciate it, man. Take
1: care. Thanks, Chase.